that ministers to other people, but it comes with strength, and there is nothing that is nothing that ever makes it waver. The strength in you is so strong that it, people around you can feel the strength, and they're strengthened by it. But nothing, but nothing ever makes you waver from that strong foundation. give this morning. Hallelujah. We get to give because our God has given to us. And he's given to us, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. He's, he's done that for us. He's given so, so much to us. So this morning, this morning, I would just ask that, Father, you would continue to bless. Because, Father, when you bless, your people give. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you. God, we thank you that we can bring our finances into the storehouse. That we can bring our finances into the place that we get ministered to this morning. So, Jeff, will you come? Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God,
Father God, this morning we thank you. We thank you for your provisions for us. Father, we thank you that we live under an open heaven. We live under an open heaven. And Father, you have said, test me now and see. Test me and see if I will not provide everything that you need. The only place where God says that we are to test him is in our finances, in our, in our tithes, and in our offerings. So this morning, people, this morning I just ask, Father God, bless our giving this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can bring your tithes and offerings. Kids, after the offering, we want you to stay. We got a video, and then after the video, the children will be dismissed. My name is Thomas Ramsey. I'm in construction. I build grain bins. I like to play baseball, catch with my kids, uh, games with my kids like Call of Duty, date nights with my wife. Enjoy that, going to see a movie. In October, I had this uh, project over by Faustin where a guy needed a new gearbox. And I noticed that when the gearbox was in place that the center tower that we're working inside the bin wasn't going down far enough. So I went and I looked up and I saw the chains uh, connected to this tower. I said, man, they're tight. There's something that's gotta get loosened up up there. I climbed up to the top of the ladder, I loosened it up, done it so many times. I twisted it and the bolt sheared, just boom, and it grabbed me and that tower, because the chain rope shook that my ladder was resting on, and I felt myself go back. When I fell, I fell on a screw and it had a winding in it that helped pull grain in. And I had landed right on top of that and back across my spine, everything. I landed right on that and my head whipped back and it just blew, blew a hole right, it fractured my skull right back here. I, was like, I knew my back was hurt. I knew, I knew I was in trouble, but I remember people talking to me like, Chris, hey, you're gonna be all right. And he said, here, hold this. I had something in the back of my head. He said, you're gonna be all right. It's okay, I'm just laying here. And I remember the EMTs coming and trying to get out of this small door uh, in the grain bin. And it was just a few feet by a few feet but it was elevated and it wasn't easy at all to get in and out even if you had full mobility, let alone trying to carry somebody out of there. So they took me in the ambulance. We got into the emergency services at the hospital in Foston. They were very good about speaking clearly as much as they could. Now I got hit in the head so things faded in and out. I, so you have to tell more than one time. I'm sure they did, but there's times it catches and sometimes they don't. But so patient. Uh, so difficult situation, yet you had a good attitude. That's just what gets me so much too. I mean, that was a tough place to get somebody out of, and they had such a good attitude coming in there, good spirits, and they said, listen, we need to operate on your skull. And I said, man, I said, wow, how, I could feel something in me just drop for a second, and I was thinking, how bad am I? I went to reach for somebody, and I, somebody there saw me reaching, and they grabbed my hand. I'm telling you, that's huge. I can still remember it this day. I said, and then another person yelled, you are in good hands. And you need to understand when you're in something like that, and you're confused, and you're not sure about that, those words meant so much to me. Man, that made a huge difference to me. I was like, yeah, okay, all right, I'm in good hands. I don't know whose hands they are, I don't know this person, but I needed to hear that. So I'm sitting in the hospital and really honestly thankful. I'm just like, I had so much appreciation and thankfulness for all the men and women and the people at that point that came and helped me because I knew I needed help and it almost overwhelmed me. I was like, wow, I am so thankful 
We alive? I'm so thankful that someone came and helped. Sorry, a little choked up. Um, what? Oh, yeah, kids, you can go. Let's gather my thoughts. That That's a, um, a story that's Tom's story, but also if you don't know that affects a family, not just him. I mean, I could tell you my perspective of it. Um, it was one of the most challenging, one of the most... I mean, I've gone through a lot of things in my life, and that was really tough. But I have to tell you, through it all, I knew he was going to be fine, and I, I never wavered. Because I knew that God had him, and I knew that God wasn't done. And I knew, but it's probably one of the first times in my life where I went through something where I, I, I could say that I could stand and know that my God's got it, and that everything will be fine in it. And... um. Yeah, and it just brings me to God and just trusting him and, and miracles. I mean, God, that was a miracle. You know, that God was watching over him and, and just to, to see where he is today. I mean, you wouldn't even know that he fell, except for maybe a few things that I won't <laughs> say. Just a little more, <laughs> maybe with the memory or the goofiness, but um, maybe has increased, but... It's good. I'm glad he's here. <laughs> glad I am thankful because my kids are thankful, and you know that that affected our whole family. But to see my kids and 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 our whole family just gather around him. I mean, my kids took care of him. I mean, they helped, you know, and to see everybody and and uh, work together. But another thing too is that when you're going through things, it's it, I'm, I want to talk about the word because when you go through stuff, this is important. This guy was just, I was just think, pondering yesterday, and the thing that he brought to me was source of life. Yes. This is your lifeline. And it's not even just when you go through something like this or you go through things, it's daily. And, and I know, I, I mean, I'm not, I can't tell you that I'm, this is, I know I need to get better at this all the time, but this is what's brought me through things is when I go to the Word, this is what God's telling me. This is what God's speaking to me. This is what he's speaking through my situation. This, is, this gives me the answers that I need. Whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever challenge, what does the Word say? And um, I'm just going to read Hebrews 4.12. This is the scripture he brought to me. Um, and I'm sure you know it, but for the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The thing that got to me the most was it's living and active. So the word has to be active. We have to be using it, applying it. You know, I think when, like, even um, when you go through sickness or you go through whatever, that what does the word say about sickness? What does the word say? I know when I start confessing this and I get this in my spirit, that peace that Danny talks about, I have that. When I go into this and I start speaking and confessing this out loud, because this is the word, this is alive in my life, my, cha my thoughts change, my circumstances change. When I start confessing, I've seen things happen when I get to this, because this is what God's word says. This is what it is. And then even with the, um, with the sword thing, the word of God is like a sword. It can cut through. And it cuts through, I think, just even in our thoughts and in, our, in our, our situations, that he can cut through. This can cut through whatever it is. You know, um, I guess for me that's the biggest thing is this, is this is the word of God. This is what I need in my life. And I, even um, in Psalms 19, it says, thy word is a light unto my path. This word also is a light to, to guide me and direct me down the path. What does God say in here about finances? What does God say in here about health? What does God say in here about family, marriage, kids, you know, the world, what things that are going on? But this is life. This is the source. This is what's carried me through. 
in prayer, of course, and, and praying with God and seeking him, and then he begins to show me things even in here. It's like, oh, you go back to this word, and you go back into here, and you see, you see something, and he shows you something that you can apply. See, I think the biggest thing is, is we got to apply this. Apply it to our daily lives. It's our daily bread. You know, this is my food. for the. This is the best food I could have to carry me even through a day. Like, if I'm just so busy and you get caught up, I mean, kids, I mean, I have seven kids, I have six, and it's just like my day, and I'm just like, oh. but when I go to this, this is my, my source, this is what gives me peace, this is what gives me what I need for that day. Maybe I'm battling or struggling with myself, or what does the word say about me? I'm an overcomer. I've come overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. You know, these are the things that, what does God say about you? I'm a child of God. You know, even my kids, like even Hazel lately, you know, she's just been speaking a lot about just the Bible and things, and she comes to me and she goes, God died. Did you know what God died for my sins? You know, I mean, she's grasping things. She talks about, you know, we've buried a couple children, and, you know, she knows, but, oh, she's been really talking a lot lately about her brothers in heaven. But, I mean, she's getting the word, and she's speaking it into me, and it's also been helpful for me, coming through my four-year-old. So even your kids and, and just everything, but this is, I can't testify enough, but all I can share is testify of what God has done, what God has showed me through this, what God has done in everything, even with Tom and the situations or, or things that we've gone through. It's been God, and it's been this word, and it's been this is my life source. This is my lifeline. And I just I guess I just encourage myself, encourage everybody that this is important. It's daily. Not just put it on the shelf and, and, and maybe read it maybe in a month or you know, but that this is gets active in your life. That you can apply it to everyday life, that you can apply it to whatever you're facing. What is God saying? Um, yeah, that's what I have, but I just encourage you, because I know even through that, this is powerful. This is, this is what gets through. This is my direction. This is what God shows me and what I need to do and everything. He'll bring me to a scripture, and it'll speak to me, and it'll help me through something. He shows us. If we listen and we, we cry out to him and we listen and he shows us something, he'll show us right in this word what we need to do. So... That's what I have, Tom. Hallelujah. Awesome. Good job. Hallelujah. The word is alive. Watching that video, <laughs> the th huh? Not because of what you see. Well, yeah, it, the, it, it's still, yeah, I hear you, Jeremy. I tell you what, when, especially the, the x-ray on the, my head. See, there was a moment in time there where, you know, I didn't even realize at the extent of my injuries and things like that. And that information comes to you. When I fell, I felt like I fell into something. And that's not a joke. <laughs> like, I, hit, I did actually hit something. But when I fell, I don't remember the landing, but I remember we talked about this peace, th that you're the only one that gives me peace. And in a season in life, we've been through some things. And what we have learned is that there's nothing else that gives us peace. We've been with doctors, as, as Hazel was sharing. We've been through, we've suffered, in some sense, loss in life. We've asked why. We've been through those things. And we've laid them before the throne room of God. And God has brought us peace. He's brought us freedom through those times. So when we came to this part here... I remember coming to laying on the bin floor. I remember thinking about God, like I'm trying to think of a Jesus song or something in my mind. I just meant, okay, I don't know where I am. I, I grabbing a hold of something, but I remember the name of Jesus, and I remember God's just thinking about God. I said, God, you are so good, and and I remember such peace right there, laying on the bin floor. And He said, "Be still. You're going to be okay." I said, "All right." Now, my body was making noise. I had fractured ribs. I had 14 fractured vertebrae. I had that thing going on my head. I had all these things going on right there, but I was laying on the bin floor, and God was speaking to me, and his presence was around me. It was a horrible situation, yet 
God was there in the middle of it, and there was such peace. And God wants to demonstrate who he really is to us. He really does. He wants you to know. He wants you to know. He wants all of us to know individually his love and his peace. And when we face some of the worst situations, and that was a bad situation, and he shows up, it proves how much bigger the God is that we serve. Right? This word that Jenny was sharing becomes life to me. Because it's not just words that I heard Sunday morning, but it was in a situation in my life where the Prince of Peace, right? The God of Peace, right? Had come into our life and he surrounded us and it impacted our life. And he was standing there and I was like, I was actually really happy. I was really thankful. I really was thankful. It wasn't just, oh, I got to be thankful. No, I was really thankful. It's like, God, you're here. And then, and then you get that information saying, hey, you got a hole in your head. And you go, oh. Then something tries to change right there, right? You get the news, right? And then something tries to knock you off of, what, of, of you holding on. And when he said, and when he said I, it wasn't just a man. You know, when we showed that video, it wasn't just a man. I shared, God spoke to me. You're in good hands. So when he said, you're in good hands, whose hands was I really thinking of? I did. I said, all right. He's right. I'm in good hands. God, you told me when I, when I was coming to in that place, I couldn't see. I couldn't see. Now, if you couldn't see, what, would, what might be one of the thoughts you would think? Man, I'm blind. Oh, and you would just, I remember I talked to my, one of my kids about that. It's like, how did you not freak out? Right? I can't see, can't really move, and you're in a, and you're in a paralyzed state. How did you not freak out? What happened? Peace of God was there. God was there with me. I wasn't alone. I say, man, you were, I tell that testimony, but man, you're pretty strong. And people who know me physically know that I am a wimp when it comes to pain. <laughs> okay? It is a supernatural strength that came into my body. And my, mo- my, my, my mom is really strong. She's got high pain tolerance, but I did not inherit that <laughs> in my life. My wife can attest to that. So that's, it was supernatural strength in my body that was moving around, getting up, talking, just that, uh, that anointing and thing on my life. And this is what's happening. What's happening right now in America, in the United States of America, is there are things that are going on, and he's asking us this, that song that Jamie sang is so prophetic. If you capture that song, it says, Sometimes I am so forgetful. Sometimes I'm so forgetful that you're the only one that gives me peace. And one of the words of the last conference is that God is bringing us back to the simplicity of the gospel. Where does this all come from? Tom, God showed up because you were so spiritual that morning and you ate all your prayer vitamins and you read your word and you were so strong, Tom. You were not, You had the angels. You had released them before you started working. You prayed for an hour and a half and that's how come you made it. Nope. <laughs> Wasn't one of my best spiritual days. I'll be honest with you right now. But it was by his mercy, his unfailing love, and his grace that he showed up that day. And, and uh, David Lyon gave a word over my life. He said, there was a contention for my life that morning. There was a battle for my life. Woo! And I fell into the arms of God. Come on. You are the only one that gives me peace. We talked a few weeks ago, salvation Sunday, we talked about Jesus, and this is what God's doing. He's bringing us to kingdom solutions on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Right? We're coming back. We don't talk about Jesus. (laughs) Who knows what that sucks for? We do talk about Jesus. And in fact, we need to talk more about Jesus. Jesus Christ, the foundation. Jesus is, in Acts 14, 11, 12, the stone that the builders rejected, 
which has now become the cornerstone. He is my foundation. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name in heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. There is nothing else but Jesus Christ. No other name by which man is saved. Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. Yes, how did you do that? Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. His name is mighty, and he is mighty to save. Who amongst us, right? What has God done in your life? See, this was the book of Acts. I cannot help but testify of the things that I've seen and I have heard. What have you seen and what have you heard? If you knew what I know about Jesus, I would want you to tell me. Would you want someone to tell you? If you knew what I know about Jesus, I would want you to tell me. Please tell me what happened. How did you get through that? Well, you must be strong. It's a great opportunity. Come on. It's in Christ alone. That was week one. Last week, Jeff shared the word of God. Here's the deal. There are no more latest fads. God's not into fads. The latest program, the latest thing, right? How many people go on these diets, the latest fad diet? It's the keto diet. It's the carb diet. It's the Jenny Craig diet. It's this diet. It's the fad thing. I'm sick of the fad things. Does it show a little bit? But hey, (laughs) stop. Bring it together, people. Come on. It's a lifestyle. It can't be a temporary thing. Temporary visitation, Christianity. Temporary, just a a thing. It doesn't work anymore. It never really was meant to work that way. And it was by the grace and mercy of God that he gets us in moments in time. But he's saying, this needs to become a lifestyle, as Jenny was saying. It's called the daily bread. Do you need me today? You know what? The problem in America is that we, we have options. We think we have options. Right? We think we have options. The government is, is option one. The stimulus check is wonderful. Right? We have options. Government programs. You know, if God doesn't come through here, guess what? Biden will. (laughs) Or Trump will. Trump's president, now we're going to be good. Our trust is, no, right? Come on, it's what what we fought for. It's what we thought would be, and God said, no, that's not going to work. It was never meant to work that way. Jesus is Lord. He is my Savior. My word is a lamp unto your feet, right? My Bible, my word, the words that, 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 became, that became flesh and it dwelt among us. No more late, late, uh, latest fads, but faith. This is what Paul said. He said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live, say I live, in this earthly body by trusting, say trusting, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Am I trusting in Jesus? Nothing else will work. It was never, it won't. It's Jesus. Are you trusting in Jesus? Come on. Prove it. Prove it. Bank account went to zero. Prove it. Are you trusting? You know, Baal was the god of economics. Excuse me. That's Baal. Did you know that? The rain? God of rain. So I want prosperity. Give me prosperity. You know what? Also, I want, I want, want, of course, that, that, that comes with following Jesus. But I have invested in the God of Baal. I, the, the church had everything it needed. But know what they, the, what they started to, to get some backup insurance was the God of Baal. And they said, you know what? If we sacrifice God of Baal, he, he's the rain God. He'll bring rain. 
Did it work for them? Come on. They sacrificed their babies. You know what? You need to have an abortion. You know why you need to have abortion? Because you got your whole life ahead of you. And if you have that baby, guess what? It's going to cost you this, this, and this. It's God of economy. Right? You have you got to have a career. You got to have a job. You got to go to school. You got to do all those things. Who are you serving? The life that I live now, I live by trusting in the Son of God. And we sacrifice babies to him. Prove it. Prove that you trust in God. Prove that you trust in Jesus. Right? So what happened in the book? The, Elijah came. You guys know Mount Carmel, right? Was it raining? No. Pray to your God. Go to your government. Go to those places that you serve. And tell me what happens. Show me what happens. Go to your God, America. Go to your God. Tell me what happens. It's crazy, isn't it? I'm trying. I can't. Can you watch the news? I can't watch the news. I'm just like this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? It's like, whoa. That's falling apart. This is falling apart. How many trillions of dollars? Are you kidding me? There's an account to give for what you trust in. There's an account to give for what we put our faith and trust in. Paul said, he says, the life that I now live, I live in this earthly body by trusting in who? Jesus. Is that too simple? Are you trusting Jesus this morning? Did you see the bank account? Are you trusting Jesus? Did you hear the news about the COVID? Did you trusting in Jesus? Did you hear about so-so? Are you trusting in Jesus? Come on. Are you? Watch it work. And he is revealing not to bring us into condemnation, but it's nice to know where you stand, right? Listen to this one, Matthew 7, 24 for 28. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follow it follows it, is wise. I want us to be wise. It's like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And the rain comes, you guys know this verse, torrents, torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against the house, but it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock, Jesus. But anyone who hears these teachings of mine and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on the sand, when the rains and the floods came and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with mighty crash. Come on. We are seeing the fruit of what we trust. America is seeing it. And the church, we don't talk about Jesus. It was sad. But there was a percentage of churches that no longer preach the gospel or talk about Jesus Christ. Got some wild, deep teachings. Those, and I'm not against teaching. I'm not against those things. But nothing gets deeper than Jesus Christ. Does anything get deeper, more personal, or, 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 or powerful than the name of Jesus Christ? It's interesting. And I love this about Acts. That's what they did. They said, you can go ahead, and you can go out and do what you, your stuff. But there's just one thing that I'm going to forbid you to say. There's one thing I don't want you to teach in. Just one thing. It's okay. Go do your thing. But it's the name of Jesus Christ. Don't talk about that. Don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. That's an interesting movie, by the way. <clears throat> They're going to hide him. They need Jesus, right? Yes. It says, when he, when he got this, anyone who listens to this teaching and following, listen, it's just not about listening it's not just about hearing. My mom wrote this favorite book, or she's writing a book, and she said it to me, and it's about obeying. Go ahead, Jamie. Product, yes. Product of... <laughs> Can I just, give me an example, all right? When I don't feel well, right? If I have a headache, what do you do? 
you take it and you put it on the top of your head. What do you do? You put it inside you. And it becomes a part of you, and it gets inside, and it grows. It's like daily bread. Some of us, we come Sunday morning and something like that, and it kind of gets on the surface, kind of sticks to you, right? But you don't take it in, and you don't eat it. You don't focus on it, right? And you don't let it, let it, let it, let it get inside of you and digest it, right? And grow and, and get it. That's on you. That's on me. This is one of the best sermons you've ever heard. But you can go home out that door and you're not going to remember one thing and it's not going to make a f- any difference in your life. No, no fruit. Because you just went out there. Same thing with me. Hey, the doctor said Tylenol is great. This is great. You know, it's going to take away my headache. I got that Tylenol and I stick it on my head. It rolls off and I go, well, that was really didn't work. Because <laughs> we don't understand the application of obeying and following Jesus. And he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he gave us things to live our life. Right? You know, as they say, seek and ask and look and you will find. It doesn't just happen here on Sunday morning. Hopefully you get energetic and stuff like that. But he wants you to know for you. Blessed are you, Simon Peter, for God has revealed this to you about a peace that you can have in midst of your storm. God doesn't want you out of the storm until you find him in the storm. When you find him in the storm, nothing will ever be able to take it away from you. It becomes your crown. It becomes your strength. All the time. Something's happening in somebody's life. I can speak to the storm because we've been through the storm and we've been through the other side of the storm. Right? Did that happen because I attended a Sunday morning service? No. Did it happen because I went to Bible school? No. Come on. It was because I took those things right? I committed them to my heart, and I began to pray about those things. And when the moment of time came, I said, I later said, what's up, God? Is this one of those moments? What do you want me to do? And I just remember laying there on the bed floor. I was like, okay, God, this is an interesting situation. <laughs> it really was. I mean, it was way beyond me anyway. I mean, it's so far ahead. I just so this is, you can think a lot of things. You can think a lot of things. And I just said, I'm not even going to go there. I've been through enough things in my life where I know when you start thinking about a lot of things, you just got to say stop. Just put your hands and rest in God. Come on. You guys think so much about how am I going to get my job? How am I going to provide my kids? Am I going to be able to walk again? Am I going to be able to see? How come I can't see? What am I going to do this? I could. I just, nah, I ain't going to, I can't. Forget it. And maybe it was easy because I was concussed, but I just laid there. And just the presence of God was just so amazing. I want to be a wise person. And we are going through things right now where God is wanting you to take his word and apply it and take it into my life. I want to change family. What does the word say about my life and family? What are the priorities? What does God say? Anyone who listens, there's an awakening going on to hear his voice. Come on in the church. There is awakening that's going on. To hear his voice in the midst of the storm. We show up Sunday morning. I Thank you, Jamie, for that praise and worship. We show up Sunday. You're the only one that gives me peace. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. We have to find peace in the midst of the storm. And it doesn't happen just because of one moment. But really, it's about a lifestyle change in God that you open up your life completely and totally and surrender to him. As Paul said, this life that I live now, in this early, say this life. That's everything. Come on, I'm not just talking about something. I'm talking about everything. This life that I live now in this earthly body, I do it in trusting in the Son of God who listens, right? who loves, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to read Acts 2, 24 through 47. Are we doing good this morning? Is this making sense this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. This is in Acts. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized, and they were added to the church that day, and there were about 3,000 in all. All the believers, say all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Say devoted. They were committed. They were in it. 
We understand this principle very, very well. In the world, we, 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 get, we get committed. Well, where are you going to go to school? Well, I'm going to, go to, I'm going to go to first grade, second grade. Are you committed to go through that process? Why am I committed? When I went through what I went through, doctor just operated on my head who were committed. Are you thankful that they were committed? You better believe I was. I don't want one of those commercials. I did stay, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. It's not good enough for me. Are you a surgeon? No, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Okay, great. Did you go through the process? Did you stand? Did you walk through? Did you take that class? Oh, I skipped that day where they said about sanitizing equipment. Here we go. They were committed. They were devoted, right? They were said uh, strong, and they were added to the church, being added believers. They devoted themselves to the teaching. We have on the app, we have teaching. We have a tremendous teacher in this house. His name is David Lyon. He's written down, last week we went over that stuff, tremendous teaching on the word of God. Beautiful. Sitting right there. Now, I can't, I, it's like my dad says, you can, bring, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drown. Or drink. <laughs> Didn't make sense, Dad. Why'd you say that? That, was, that doesn't make sense. It's okay, Dad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Sorry. Who is responsible for taking the initiative to get that word in my life? Who's responsible for that? Who's going to devote themselves to that? To the teach Who's going to do that? I can't do that for you. But I need somebody in my life. I'm glad my parents did. I'm glad my parents were devoted. They, they, they showed me how to pray and live a life faithful to God. What a great benefit it is to my children. Fathers, are you a benefit to your child? Are you devoted? Are you sharing the gospel? I know we're, we're working with our children and we're talking about the armor of God. Right? And we, if we, if we get in these habits fr Saturday night, we go, did we do the lesson? <laughs> right? Okay, I, I do that sometimes. Not every time. Not every time, thank you. But sometimes, oh man, did we finish the lesson? And they're getting it because things will happen like, Oh, what's his name is sick? Well, did they have their armor on? <laughs> huh? Maybe they didn't have their armor on. Do you have your armor on? <laughs> but that takes devotion. That takes time. But all the things you teach and you devote their lives to, whether it's school, math, algebra, things, what is the number one most important thing you could do for your kids? Right? Teach them about Jesus. Teach them about, share your testimony. How did you get through that stuff, Dad? What did you do? Watch them in your marriage. The best thing you do for kid, your kids is have a wonderful marriage. Because they're watching you. You don't think they're watching you, but they are watching you. And they're picking up everything, the way you, fathers, the way you treat your wife. Right? They watch. And that's what they look for. The best thing you do is have a great marriage. Love your wife. Right? Those are, but that takes what? Commitment. Devotion. Very good. You got it. That was the exact same word, devotion. Someone's listening. Thank you. Hallelujah. Awesome. But they devoted themselves to the teaching, sharing the meals, and to prayer. These are the things that they did. They sought the Lord. I am so thankful for a house and a family who's always stood by us the whole time. Through some of those things that we've gone through in our life, we came to the house. You stood with us the whole time. Every time. Pastor Jake and Sandy, every time. No matter what we went through, mom and dad, every time. Not one time have you guys failed us. You've been here every single time. Now, people may fail you. That's true. It might happen once in a while. But we're committed. I might fail my wife. Shocker. Come on. Maybe I, maybe I might. But is my wife committed? Is she devoted? All of this 
stems from what is the foundation? Jesus Christ. I can trust in Jesus to give me what I need in the place I am to show love to my spouse, to show love to my church members, right? That reveals my foundation. If I don't get treated well, and my foundation is how people treat me, that's going to break. Because you're going to be disappointed in people. I'm sorry. But that's not where your foundation is supposed to lie in. He says, I trust in the Son of God. And there are times in life where that gets tested. And it gets revealed, amen? Pretty cool. Because he's alive. Come on. And when you see it, and I'm telling you, if you don't give up, right? If you don't quit, and if you hang in there, and you stay committed, right? And you surround yourself with believing people that have overcome, that are speaking into your life life. I'm telling you, you will make it. But you surround yourself with people who overcome. Danny and Linda are overcomers. Frank and Deb are overcomers. Mary and Jim are overcomers. Jake and Sandy are overcomers. Right? Who do you want to be like? Well, I'm going to go to the bar. And I'm going to hang out with a bunch of winners there. Okay, think about this right now in the football world, right? If you're looking for a head coach, what head coach are you going to hire? You're, yeah, that's absolutely right. You're going to look for people. You're going to look for people who found something real, right? And it's demonstrated in their life. They devoted themselves to the teaching because there were 12, there were 12, 11 of them that followed Jesus, right? And they got the revelation of who Jesus was, right? And they began preaching it and they caught a hold of something and you said, you know what? That is what I want in my life. I need to be on the rock of Jesus Christ. I need to devote myself and follow him. I tell you what, and get to the other side. But I, right, have to make that decision vision in my life if that's what I want to be and that's where I want to go you got to make a decision right uh, this was this was part of a lesson when I was very young I was out in International Falls and some of you who been with us for a long period of time understand when I say International Falls is up north and we were up there doing this job and it was very very hot I don't know how it gets 90 degrees up that far north but it was 90 degrees and we were pouring these slabs for storage buildings. And it was me, uh, me and a guy named Jesse Slover. <laughs> this is way back. How many of you here know Jesse Slover? Way back in the day. So I'm sitting in the truck, and, and Jake is, is working the ground there. And he's getting the stuff done, right? And, and it's, that's fine. And he's doing it. And I did what I thought me and Jesse did. We picked up some stuff, and we got in the truck. And we sat there as Jake was working by himself. And we just sat there. Some of you see where this is going. <laughs> right? Was I being good? <laughs> no. But, you know, you don't know. You did that. You did it. Like that. And I, Jake was out there. I was like, I kind of want to go home. It's Friday. I was like, come on. So I got out there, and Jake was finishing. He says, he said, do you know what the word disciple means? <laughs> it means disciplined learner. And he said, while you were sitting in that truck with your friend right there, watching me work, you could have been out here taking all these stakes out and pulling them and setting them aside. Right? And doing something. And I think many times we do that. We, we get something and we sit back and we watch. And we watch. We say, oh. And we just react to whatever's going on instead of responding. You know that whole time while you were watching? You could have been praying. You could have been interceding. You could have reached out your hand. Hug a friend, neck, hug a neck, neck, scratch a friend, back, scratch a friend. I could have done that. I could have made a phone call. I could have reached out. That whole time while, while maybe you were complaining in a moment and you're thinking about, man, I would have loved to be home. You could have been out there speeding up the process so you could have got home faster. <laughs> While you're complaining in your pit in the storm, wow, what a mess in America right now. Well, what are you supposed to be doing, church? 
right? Wow, fathers at home. Man, my family's a mess. Well, what are you supposed to be doing, fathers? Huh? What about you? Oh, man, my, what do you, have you been given for your life? And that's part of being committed, being equipped. You got someone in your life who says, hey, you know what the Holy Spirit's for? The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, right? Are you devoting yourself to the teachings of the, the apostles where they talk about the, the fruits of the Spirit? They baptize them in the Holy Spirit, right? And, and Jenny was talking about the sword of the Spirit, right? Oh, that was a great lesson, by the way. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is the truth of God. So we had a demonstration. We had noodles, and we had swords. And I told the kids, the enemy wants you to have noodles. Right? I want you to swing with noodles. Why don't you come at me with noodles? Anything that's not the truth in the word of God are noodles. Right? And we come at each other, and we think, and the enemy is smart. He doesn't want you to know the truth. Because if you know the truth, I mean, if you're going to run at me and you have a noodle, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's funny. But if you get a sword and you come running at me with a sword, come on. You get the truth and the word of God in your life and you grab a hold of that thing and you come running at the enemy, what do you think he's going to do? That's the real thing. That's the word of God, bro. If I devote myself to the teachings of God, right? If I submit, all right? And I get that in my heart, and I accomplish, if I get a revelation of who Christ is, if I get a revelation that, know what, I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to. I can have the Holy Spirit in my life. I can give it to the Lord. I can be filled with his joy. I can be filled with his peace. Come on. Now you've taken the enemy's territory. Now you're not swinging with noodles anymore. Now you're swinging with swords. That would scare me. You got a sword swinging Sarah back there, man. I tell you, I, do, I don't care who it is. If they got a sword, I'm not, I'm not standing in their way. You get the sword of the Spirit. You start standing on the Word of God. You commit yourself to the teaching. You start looking. You start digging in that Word. You start praying in that morning. You start digging. You say, God, what do you have for me? Lord Jesus, what do you have for me today? You take that five minutes. You take that ten minutes. You watch how things begin to change in your life. You watch when you start setting priority and devoting yourself to God. You watch and you see how the atmosphere, atmosphere changes in your house, how atmosphere changes in your place of work. Oh, that digi-key place. Who says? Who says that? Who gave DigiKey that place? When you stand in this area, whose area is this? Thank you. Thank you. Well, who says that? Where does it say that? Thank you. What does the word say about that? But you gave it up, and now you're swinging with noodles, and you're wondering why this hurts. Because, I mean, you can't fight off the enemy with noodles. Ask your neighbor, were you swinging with noodles? Is that, is that bad? Should I not have said that? Is that inappropriate? Okay, good. <laughs> God is wanting to equip his church. Come on. In the next lesson, it's talking about be committed to a local church. I've been in Bible school. I've been in those things, committed to some of the best fruit in my life in tough times when I devoted myself to the word, devoted myself to the teachers. It says the bio, God gives you apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors for the equipping of the saints. You go to college. Why do you go to college? You've got a math teacher. You've got an English teacher. You've got a, a science teacher. You've got all those people invested in your life. Why? To equip you so that you're strong. That when you go out those doors and when you begin to live life, you are fully equipped with swords and shields and helmets. And when the enemy tries to take you down, he can't take you down because you are fully equipped and prepared, hallelujah, equipped in the kingdom of God. The Bible doesn't shake. This is the unshakable word of God. It's a tablet, but it's got the word of God. It's unshakable. And the things that are shaking are the things that aren't true that are on the word of God. It's right there. Did you look at it? Did you look it up? Did you look to me? Did you seek me? Did you find me there? And it's crazy. Sometimes we just don't even do that. 
David himself, this blew me away in 1 Solomon, I think it was 1 Samuel, three years had gone by, and they had a lack in the kingdom. Three years had gone by, and they didn't have enough. And then David inquired of God. He said, God, I need your help. Come on. Why do we wait three years? <laughs> I said, don't want to wait three years anymore. I don't want to wait five years. I don't want to wait six years. Father God, right now, what is it that you want out of me? Where do I need to be right now, Father God? What are you ministering in me right now so that I can be who I need to be right now to overcome? So I don't want lack anymore, God. I just trust you. I want what you have for me. And he gets you to that point of hum humility. He says, you know what? Are you trusting in me? You trusting in yourself? I'm a smart guy. Tom's a smart guy. I always tell you, he's got a great brain in his head. Sometimes it gets a little big. <laughs> smart people trust in their brain and what they can do. And in one moment of time, one fall, all of that can stop. You're very humbled very, very, very fast. I was trusting in that. I was trusting my own ability to last a few more years so that I could build up my savings so that when the stock market crashes, I could sing hallelujah. No, it doesn't work that way. The trust comes first on the Son of God, and it always will be because he will, he's the one that will always get the glory. He needs to get the glory. Every knee shall bow, every time that Jesus Christ is Lord. The sooner we just maintain that foundation in our lives about the gospel of Jesus Christ, not about a program, not about these things, but it's about the real power of Jesus Christ in our life that transforms and that changes. And from there, we get the word of God. From there, we get filled with the spirit. From there, we commit ourselves. You know what? If God's the greatest thing and it's the only foundation that lasts, then what am I doing? Ask yourself, what am I doing? Where am I going? Where are you going? This is, my, this is me. Tom, where are you going? What do you, where, why do you put trust in that? He doesn't do it to shame you, and he doesn't do it to blame you. But he wants you to be, I want you to stand on something solid, foundational rock of Jesus Christ. I want that to be so solid in your life, Tom, that when you go anywhere this way, you have, could have such confidence in everything that you're doing. It is so, so powerful. I have great confidence in who God is. I don't have a lot of confidence and what I can do myself, but when the Holy Spirit in Christ is with me, I'm good. Right? That's that Monday morning, if I, if, I, if I get in the Word of God and I get His presence in my life, I'm good. If I, if I set my mind to His things first, I'm good. Because that's where I belong. Monday morning, if something comes on, a thought comes on, that's where, that's where it changes. Amen? You get something out of this morning? I want to direct the app. I know, I know we have generational gaps sometimes with, with things. This isn't to, isn't to uh, make fun of older generations, but that, that we would get on that app because in it there's two lessons right now. One is what happened to you when you became born again. So you did a great job. Jeremy's done a fantastic job on this stuff. Let's give him a hand. Woo! <laughs> But you can download, you can even get it on Roku. Is it Roku or Roku? Roku. Jeff, you don't, Jeff, don't tell me you know. You don't even try. Bethany, what is it? Huh? Could you say it without laughing, please? Thank you. We downloaded it on our, I don't even want to say it, I'm scared. Roku. I don't even, download it on our Roku. But you can also watch The Chosen on Roku, on the church app, because that app made an agreement with The Chosen. Has anybody seen The Chosen? Okay, I encourage you to watch The Chosen. That is awesome. That's fantastic. That's fantastic viewing, uh, biblically based and amazing. But dedicate yourself to getting into God's Word. And one of the best things, get that app, and then it's underneath... Um, what is the title underneath? Help me quick. Subsplash. No, the church app. Where does it go underneath Jeremy? What do you, what do you click on? Yeah, quick. Just 
it's on subsplash. You go to CCI. It's underneath. Welcome to the family. Is that it? Fresh start. Is it fresh start? Fresh start. And there's two lessons in there. You say, well, what can I do, Tom? What can I do right now? When I walk out this door, number one lesson, was it? Welcome to the family. And then it has the two lessons right there. What happened to you when you became born again? And then getting into the word of God. You just start doing that right now. You go home, you got something right there, you start studying it. It's a fantastic study guide to, to, to get into. And guess what? It could be part of our conversation. What happened to you? Answer that. What happened to you, Danny? You got born again. Changed your life forever? Well, that's pretty neat. That's awesome. What happened to you? Got born again and getting into the word of God. This is getting back to the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The greatest thing that ever happened to me is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, I dared that one time. Can I tell you the best thing that ever happened to me? I wonder if this was a cash register at a gas station. This isn't recently. It's not like I've been on fire for this. But do you know what happened? You know the best thing that ever happened to me? What? Jesus Christ. Wow. And, and <laughs> is that really good? You like that? Right? Best thing that ever happened to me, Jesus Christ. That changes something right there. Say in the name of Jesus. Bethany? What? You got Border Bank. Hey, Border. What's up? Best thing that ever happened to Bethany Packard? Jesus Christ. Why is that? It's kind of hard sometimes to think about that. Is that... Maybe it's not going to be delivered that way. How would you do it, Heidi? <laughs> would you? Are you going to call him? Let's practice that real quick. Should we try that? <laughs> I realize there's things like introvert, extrovert things. But I believe this. Here's what I believe. If we ask, right, we set things to priority, it's going to change our lives because it's part of our lives now. When I walk out this door, God, what do you have? It's very simple. Lay it before the Lord. God, what do you want? What do you have? What do you have for me at work? What do you have? Just, it's so liberating. When I was laying on the ground, I was so liberated. Because really all I could say was, God, what do you want? And what do you have for me? And it's just such freedom. Because all those things that you think you need to do gets broken off. And he becomes Lord. And you probably still do some work. You're probably going to be doing some of the things you are. But let him be Lord. Just lay it down. Come on. Is that touching you this morning? Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are Lord. And God, you're, you're pulling on us, Lord Jesus, because you want us to know. You want us to know. And you want us to see the revealing of who you are fully in our lives. Not just a partial visitation, not just a visitation, but the habitation. What that means is, God, you're always with me. Every day, Lord, when I get up in the morning, God, you're with me. Holy Spirit, you're with me. You're with me in my work. You're with me in my family. Father God, I want an upgrade. Show me, here's my family, God. What more is that that I commit, Lord Jesus, to you? And he says, look it for me and seek me. It's, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. That takes commitment, that takes a, an addressing and a focusing on who he is. But here's the thing. It doesn't work any other way. And I'm just tired. You know, it's like he brings us to a place. You know, it doesn't work any other way. And I want you to see that for a moment of time so that you can find me here. It's okay. Come on. It's okay to see it. But let's move on. Say, all right, Lord, I know I've missed you here. But now we're going here. Father, we surrender these things to you. We glorify your mighty name, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for your spirit this morning to guide us, to teach us, to show us, to, to, to convict us of the places, Father, we need the upgrades. But yes, bring us into your revelation of your word of God. And I pray, Father God, that the word that's been spoken would be sealed on our hearts, Lord Jesus, and the spirit of God would be upon our lives to remind us, hallelujah, to speak to us, Lord God. If we have, listen, if we have have grieved or if we have turned our back on the spirit of God we could just say God I'm sorry God I'm sorry for not listening to you God I'm sorry for not seeking you because you gave me such an amazing gift 
But Father, I look to you now. Come fill my house. Come fill my heart. Come take this place in my life, Lord Jesus, that I might walk in the fullness and the completeness of who you are on this earth. Lord God, I know I need you. I never have not needed you. I've always needed you in my life. I've needed your Holy Spirit. I need your guidance. I need your word because it's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Father, I bless you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. May you go in the power and the peace of God. May you have a fantastic week. May you be blessed. Hallelujah. In your school, in your, in your workplace, in your family, at lunchtime, during your birthday celebration. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done. Bless this day. May you go out with peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to. Happy birthday to you.